Hi, everybody. My name is Christine, and I am a personal trainer, a wellness coach, and a psychologist. And I am here with my friends, Charlotte and Kelsey. Hi, I'm Charlotte, and I am looking forward to our discussion today. Hi, I am Kelsey. I am a yoga instructor and elementary educator in the middle of 2020. So that's, yep. It's 2021 now. Remember, we're like two weeks into 2021. I feel like like I'm going to stay in 2021. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Come through the portal, Kelsey. Come through the portal. Trying. So I'm swimming as fast as I can. (laughs) And I am currently making up life as I go. Welcome to Outrageous Wellness. Today, we wanted to talk about Jungian archetypes because they can be a great tool uh, for thinking about wellness, thinking about who we are um, mentally, spiritually, uh, and from a soul perspective as well. So um, Carl Jung uh, was a psychologist who... uh, talked about he he differed from freud in that he hypothesized that we had this collective unconscious that 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 we are all part of so uh we consist of a ourself uh and ourself has conscious and unconscious elements and in the unconscious we have our shadow which is which are all the parts of ourselves that we deny that our conscious self denies Um, and then there's the anima and animus which are the male and the female parts of our, our masculine and feminine parts of our personalities and then there's the collective unconscious where there are all these archetypes that uh, we sort of inherit from our ancestors um, things like the great mother and the hero uh, so there's there there are a number of these there's an infant number there are also archetypes that are events um, like the apocalypse and creation and birth and death and the river and the mountain and the castle uh, these are our, all archetypes according to Jung so how does this how does this help us well we have our we have ourselves we have our persona which is that part of us that we present to the world so that is an archetype we have different personas obviously depending on where we are whether we're at work whether we're at school whether we're with our family um whether we're like running for political office (laughs) all these different all these different personas um and they're not necessarily our, you know, our true authentic self, right? So one way uh, we can get at our, uh, get at some of these archetypes is to think about what stories we liked, we enjoyed reading when we were kids. So I'm going to turn this over to, let's see, Kelsey, do you want to talk about that? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I should be much more like, yes, but I'm, I was sitting here and we were bringing up kind of the books and the stories that we enjoyed. But then I remember we kind of prior to this got into this conversation of like Disney princesses and I am the girliest of girls and not in a way where I'm like, I want to be 
like pretty, but it's more like I want to be feminine. And I, I love the idea of that. So I loved my Disney princesses and I enjoyed my Disney princesses, but the Disney princess that I enjoyed the most was probably the least feminine, which was Mulan. And can we even consider her like a princess? Like, but she was like a badass warrior mm-hmm. storyteller. And so I always enjoyed that concept and, and stories that I loved was always these, um, uh, representations of women who were feminine, but also powerful. And I loved that concept. Um, and I enjoyed how that played out. Now it made me have some disdain for some <laughs> other characters that played out, but we could talk about that. The more after, traditional, but. yeah, the more traditional Disney princesses, maybe? Yes. I, uh, I, I like being able to do things on my own. And so when somebody does something for me, it makes me mad. So it made me mad for some of those Disney princesses that were not quite um, independent, as we could say. <laughs> Yeah. Got it. Charlotte, <laughs> you want to take so, this on? <laughs> yes. I think it's fascinating, Kelsey, that um, it really is fascinating about the the feminine and, you know, the, the fact that you resonate with Mulan. But I know before, before we started the podcast, um, Cinderella was really, uh, you know, getting getting uh, under your skin <laughs> because she's so feminine. Am I allowed to cuss? Can I cuss on this? <laughs> of course you can. Get the fuck up, girlfriend. <laughs> Get off. Like you are bad bitch. Like handle it. <laughs> it just upsets me for her. Cause I feel like in my shadow. In my oh zone. no. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I just I just lost a bunch of your what you just said. I'm so sorry. So go so just start talking again and and I will I will edit that that silence spot out. But you I don't know. I don't know if we actually got the your There you go. It's like you can handle it. And so I think there's just this aspect of uh, my own reality where I think I, I used to, and if we're talking about our own personas and how we viewed ourselves, we definitely could have victimized myself in the past. And that might be why I don't like the fact that she's victimizing herself, but I would rather be one. And I think there's always that part of us where we're like, oh, I don't really enjoy that piece of myself. And so... I was just like, step up to the plate, Cinderella. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, what's, what else is interesting about this discussion is that, um, and I know, and I will get back to, you know, the, the story that I liked is Snow White um, for a variety of reasons. However, Christine, I think that you uh, had talked about the anima and the animus, right? So um, how, how I would turn it back over to you to talk about that, but, the, the stark difference between Cinderella and Mulan and the anima and animus is very interesting, I think. Oh, definitely. Um, and the story that I liked growing up was Alice in Wonderland. And my dad had read that to me when I was really, really little. And it made a big impression on me. 
And, uh, and the funny thing about Alice in Wonderland is, you know, she's, uh, she, yeah, she's adventurous too. She's adventurous and inquisitive, uh, and all of these things, but then she's also running around doing all this stuff and not getting anywhere, right? <laughs> in the in this absurd world, um, so you know, so there's something about trying to make sense of an absurd world that that has been uh, a very central part of my of my life, I think. So. Um, the uh, and when we talk about it's interesting because when we talk about the anima and the animus, so the uh, so for us as women, it's the animus, which is the masculine part of our personality, that is part of that uh, cognitive, uh, excuse me, cognitive uh, collective unconscious. So. Carl Jung, I mean, he was writing, you know, back in the day, uh, women didn't have a big voice or a lot of rights. And, 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 and he, he, but he, he wrote about how it's important for women to get in touch with their animus because that's what gives us as women, that's what gives us our, um, um, word finding, word finding difficulties. Help me out here. It's what, yeah, it, it, it's, it, it's what, it's what, uh, allows us to, you know, kind of step up to the plate and, and be, uh, independent and to, uh, have a voice. Um, so he, you know, he definitely recognized that as something important that women needed, need to, need to embrace, uh, in order to really, um, become our full, our full selves and, and to step into our own. And you know, there's a story that I'm thinking about. It's not an actual book, but there is a, um, a story I'm thinking about right now, a movie that kind of is about that animus and kind of not where it plays into that feminine piece, but legally blonde. <laughs> yes. It's one of those stories where it's, it's deeply, she's deeply feminine. And I'm just a Reese Witherspoon fan through and through. Um, but that conversation about how do you step up to the plate while still representing a feminine aspect, a feminine archetype. And that has always felt like an aspect of my life I've, I've kind of done is how do you step up to the plate while still being feminine and be graceful yet strong and have that masculine feature that comes in mm-hmm. and not play by the rules really, truly that everybody set out for us. Yes. So maybe we should have a princess where we merge Mulan and Cinderella and call her Mulanarella. Mulanarella. (laughs) And we should just really do like a badass bitch (laughs) in in a house with other women who are trying to keep her down and see what happens. But you know, that's so, it's like the women that are keeping poor Cinderella down. I mean, I don't like that. We shouldn't be, we shouldn't be. Yeah. yeah, pulling each other down. We need to be lifting each other up. And I, exactly. My gen, I, I don't know. I've just been noticing this lately, though, because as I've, I mean, I'm 26, but it felt like when I was 18, 19, there was still that competitive edge with females. And now as I've moved into my 20s and now I'm in my mid-20s, it feels like now people are starting to lift each other up. Like females are lifting females up and saying, you know, your story is valid, who you are is valid as a person. And it's very interesting if we're talking about a collective unconscious, how we've gone from this competing kind of mentality to um, everybody's beautiful. Everybody has something to give. Everybody has something, has something to offer. Mm-hmm. And 
to lift voices as opposed to suppress. And that for me is a very exciting thing that's happening right now. And that I'm going to latch on to because the world is a madness right now. So I'm going to latch on to the goodness. Yeah. Right. There's a little crazy going on right now. Just a scooch, you know? What do you mean? What do you mean? What's crazy? Everything's normal. What even is normal anymore, right? I know. So, um, yeah. So, so Charlotte, why don't you briefly talk about your Snow White uh, yes. and what that, what she means to you. And then we can kind of synthesize this a little bit and, and give, so we can give people listening to, to us uh, some ideas for how to explore for themselves. Excellent. Yeah. So Snow White, I love Snow White. I mean, she was so cute and she had dark hair (laughs) for me with dark hair. That was fun. And um, she ends up being ostracized from her, her family, her town, because the queen is jealous of her. And so she goes off into the woods and the person that the queen wanted to um, kill her, just, you know, she begged him, don't, don't do that. And he let her go off in the woods. So here she is. She's decided to leave this bad situation. She's in the woods and, and she's on this magical journey and she makes friends with animals and she really becomes kind of comes into her own. And I, I'm uh, the youngest of four kids. So when I was young, that was really appealing to me to kind of be off on my own. And then she meets these, the doors, right? The and doors. she's got these 12 little people and seven. they love her. Oh, there's seven, seven. Why did I think 12? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> that is really weird. We, we will explore that at a later date. <laughs> Exactly. Kelsey needs to tell me what 12 means in my astrological chart today. That's the house of oh, the unconscious, which has to do with our time. <laughs> See? Oh, my God. All right. So anyway, and then, uh, um, yeah, so she just has this great adventure. And, uh, and then when I started thinking about her, too, I was like, oh, but she's kind of a victim. And... I don't know, you know, she's just kind of waiting around for the prince to come and kiss her and, you know, that, well, that was Sleeping Beauty, but, um, she's, but Snow White too, because she eats the apple and then she falls, she's, she, she falls into a a dead sleep and she also has, is wakened by the kiss of a prince at the end. Oh, okay. So that uh, prince, he was, he was a busy guy. Yeah. Going around kissing princesses. Yes. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sleeping princesses, so you could almost look at it as assault. He was really creepy. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my god! So all of our Disney princesses. Sorry, go ahead. I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, no. And and anyway, so then I was getting getting really down on her after talking to Christine. Uh, about Snow White. And then Christine reminded me, you know, there were so many good parts of her, like that she loved animals and that she was exploring. And it was just really fun to think about, okay, 
you know, what are the, the, the positive attributes of the, of the fairy tale that I really enjoyed and how I feel about the archetypes, the, the, you know, going back to young and what were some of the challenging things and looking at that as self persona shadow, um, I found it really fascinating. And, and now I've kind of come back to love Snow White again and appreciate, um, the, the model that she sets up for growth and, um, you know, for each of us to be able to go back and think about something fun in our lives when we were younger and then actually put some meat around it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Use it to explore. Exactly. Explore the the positives and the negatives, you know, what spoke to us, you know, and what was it, what were the negatives that spoke to us and, and how do we pull those out and look at them without feeling shame, you know, or blame or anything like that, but just acknowledging that they're there um, as part of the journey um, to move forward and to become a better person rather than shoving it all down and and ignoring it. And and that's a lot of what shadow work is about is acknowledging that stuff. So safe way to do it too, because I I think sometimes when we take, an issue that we have head on, it can be deeply overwhelming, especially if it's something to do with like, why is this, why is this my shadow aspect? Why is this triggering me? And I think when you are giving it the uh, platform or, or the medium of stories and movies, it's such a safer way to explore those feelings when you're first starting out and allows you to really connect with yourself in a way that's not too overwhelming with that initial kind of punch, like, Mm-hmm. with anything. So I think it's, this was a really fun exercise to do with you guys and to learn about and to play with. And it was much more enjoyable than having to, to like first start off with, well, what do I not like? And why am I triggered by it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I, I, I know, you know, just from people, you know, saying to me, I'm like always doing something right. Mm-hmm. And people are always like, why, why are you, why don't you ever sit down and just, you know, rest? <laughs> like, well, I'm being Alice in Wonderland. It's like, I'm just like <laughs> going here, going, 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 going. Cause eventually I'll get somewhere if I keep like doing stuff. Right. <laughs> but maybe I need some direction. Oh boy. I thought too, cause that whole Mulan thing, it's like, no wonder I get imposter syndrome sometimes. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's just dive into that yeah that's hysterical so like like really nail down what you enjoy and also parts that bother you so so deeply appreciate you bringing this up christine that was such a beautiful way for us to play with that good i'm glad i thought it was fun and i hope that you know anybody you know listening to this feel free to reach out to us if you'd like to talk about exploring this more um and it, it was really fun. It was great. Thank you, ladies, as always. Thank you. And we'll see you next week. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.